We are all connected. We're all in this together. That is something I truly believe because I'm very big about the universe and the energy that we create through our words, our actions, and interactions in this journey called life. And no matter how far or near that we go on this path individually, you realize that boiled down, if you take a second and just connect, you realize that you have a lot more in common than you'd like to think. No matter how different, diverse, or unrelated your journey might seem. So as I love to have conversations with various individuals on their own individual journeys, as you know, I have a very wide array of guests on this program, it was a delight and a thrill uh, to connect with uh, Richard Lecoin, photographer, model, entrepreneur, businessman, husband, father, and a genuinely awesome individual who basically, when I launched the invitation to him, was very open to basically the format. And the way I presented it is if you and I were on a bus for like an hour long commute, what would we talk about? And he was totally on board, genuinely impactful conversation that I had so much joy just exchanging and realizing that there was so much warmth, so much genuine excitement and so much humility into an individual who I've been following for quite some time on social media and interacting with as you know photography connects all of us and I've admired his work for such a long time and you can actually see my excitement throughout the exchange but an individual with a lot of expertise wisdom and genuine genuine heart and uh, I only hope that you know this conversation comes across as exciting and impactful as it was for me as I hope it will to you so, without further ado, my conversation with Richard Lequin. Awaken the awesome. Here we go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if I didn't have an interview, I'd probably still be out there. <laughs> you know, you get in your zone. I get in my zone, and I'm like, okay, I got to go. But you enjoy what you're doing. That's good. That's good. Anything that, you know, that, that you know, brings up your passion is definitely going to be something that, you know, you're never going to be too tired to do. Like, just like this, man, like, you know, I really don't mind. Like, you know, my wife sometimes like, you know, wow, you're overworking. Like, I'm not overworking. This isn't work for me. <laughs> this, is, this isn't work. This isn't work. This really, when I was, uh, I was with a guest um, earlier last week and uh, she was, uh, she was just getting curious off the air. She's like, so this is really all you like, yeah, like production, like, you know, the intro and uh, the, the editing and the publishing and the blog post and every, it's all me. It's like, how do you, but you have two kids. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh, you know how, how I hear, I hear the same thing. You're like, you have three kids, uh, you work, well, uh, yeah. you still model, you take pictures. Like what, what don't you do? I'm like, hey. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. You have one life. I'm happy you brought that up because I think that we've been conditioned. Um, is it because of our upbringing? Is it because of our, um, you know, expectations of a certain, you know, set of steps within different chapters in our lives that we think we're just supposed to be one thing? It's like when you get the question, uh, what do you do? You know, just anyway, social circles, like, hi, who are you? What do you do? But you're not just one thing. And people need to notice in my uh, personal perspective, and I ju just like to get your take on it, that you can totally do whatever the hell you want. You know, you just have to put in the commitment and put in the time and understand that, you know what, everything that you want to set your mind to, you can, you just have to be very aware of your reality, your circumstances, your effort and your energy. Just want to know what you thought about that because you definitely wear many hats and you're definitely an example of that. How do you wrestle with that? You know, I, um, I'm consistently trying to uh, stop people from trying to put me in a box because it, that's basically maybe how um, people are conditioned. Um, even with photography, for example, it's like, what kind of photography do you do? Are you just, are you a portrait photographer? Uh, and I'm like, no, I'm a photographer. I said, I, a lot of times I'd say scratch that I'm an artist. That means I take pictures of whatever, whenever, you know, and as far as wearing many hats, like you just said, it's just 
you decide and you evolve as human beings. Like we evolve. So one thing may be a passion for you, you know, five, six years ago, that was your passion. And then you evolve into something else. You know, I went to school. I was a massage therapist. That's what I have my license in. That's what I went to oh, school. Oh, really? Yes. I'm a licensed massage therapist. So when the question comes about, like, how are you able to take pictures of these girls that are doing this or that doing that? And I'm like, well, you think about your your progress in life and how I believe how certain things and experiences prepare you for things, even if you don't know. But being able to be a therapist um, as far as the interaction with someone or with someone of the opposite sex, to be more specific, if I can give you a two-hour massage, uh, <laughs> coming now to taking pictures where I'm feet away from you is really never an issue. I'm in my comfort zone. It, you know, it's way too easy. And when I where I went to school, I also learned a lot about meditation and yoga and tai chi and qigong and i also studied asian massage so that also put me even though i don't practice massage therapy now mm-hmm. i use those lessons every single day in my life and everything that i do so as controlling my body knowing how to disperse stress how to disperse bad energy how to just focus and and chill for a minute and you know focus on your breathing those are all things that i've learned through my my massage therapy um, program and that I use every day, but do I use the massage therapy right now? No, I haven't been practicing. So it's just as important to basically use those steps because we're actually on a journey and every journey is a step. So every single chapter of your life is a significant one. Yep, that's that's cool. So I never knew that. I did not know that you were in massage therapy. Damn, that was cool. So okay, yeah. so wow, okay. So was that a long time ago? I was like, how do we go for how did we go from massage therapy towards modeling and photography? Well, that's actually, a, that's a modeling, nice. The modeling started first I, when I after I graduated from high school in Haiti in what in two thousand from um, Cynthia's. I went to Florida for two years. I was in Florida for two years, and I moved to New York because my mom was still in Haiti, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was too much on her to try to do what she was doing for my sister, for Marilyn, and then for me. And so I decided to, I was in Gainesville, which is a college town, and I was working there. But as a student in a college town, you can barely make enough money to to do anything, let alone survive. So I decided to move to New York so that I could actually be independent and get off my mom's back and kind of do on my own. So I moved to New York and got a job, my first job, (laughs) I remember, you know, you you realize, you know, I didn't grow up with a father. So mm-hmm. when I get to New York, I go, I get my first interview to go for, to work for Nissan. And uh, I realized when I'm going to my interview, I don't have a tie. I don't know how to tie a tie. I have a few ties, but I don't know how to tie a tie. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I look in my closet and I see my tie from my graduation. Two years prior, there was the tie up. <laughs> oh, boy. So I used that same tie to go to my interview and I get the job on the spot. So now every day I have to come into this job wearing a tie. Okay. And you know, back then it's Google. You go to Google and you type out a tie, a tie, and you have to actually print it out and kind of try to mimic the steps. This is way before YouTube was everybody's teacher. Yes. There there was no, not, not like this anyways, but so I ended up, showing up to work every day with my tie around my neck and every day I'd have one of the guys tie it for me until I, I learned how to do it. But to come back to this, I went to New York, uh, started working at, at uh, Nissan and uh, I went through my struggles. New York is, is uh, what do I say about New York? I think New York is priceless in the ways that the lessons, the life lessons that you learn in New York because of the competition level, because of, uh, how fast paced the city is and um you know it 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 teaches you to be on your guard to be on grind mode and i i started to learn that in new york i i had a lot of ups and downs early in new york i, I worked for nissan and i started working for the post office um i was doing both jobs at the same time Two um, jobs okay yeah i did that for for quite some time um 
And I tried, and, you know, my mom was in Haiti, and, you know, you start getting the pressure because you're not going to school, even though you're kind of off of her financially, you're not going to school, and and that was a pressure. And I remember making one of the biggest mistakes of my life and and paying for two classes at college on a credit card. (laughs) Okay. Actually, the feeling was good. It felt great to be able to go back. To be independent, yeah to be able to go back to school, but then the debt almost, you know, uh, it was tough. But then um, as I went along with this this battle of, uh, I, I ended up working for the post office at basically a federal job and, and becoming a supervisor there. Um, and there was something about my hands. Um, I kept hearing you have healing hands and healing hands. And I don't know, you know, that, that I guess divine intervention and I, I, I kind of um, started to seek schools and there were, there was a school that was not, not too far from my job and it was a private school and I went there and next thing you know, I'm enrolled. But I also had, the, my mom was really getting sick at the time and um, one of my goals was to definitely walk across that stage before anything happened to her. So okay. Some way, somehow, I got enrolled and um, I started to go to school and I was working full time, uh, going to school full time and then taking care of my mom. I like that. This is a whole period of my life where I can't tell you how I made it. I can't tell you. I can't can't explain to you how I went through because I never barely ever ever slept. Um, You know, I went from school most of the time from eight to four thirty. I left school, uh, started work at six and six to two thirty in the morning. Um, then and, then I'd go, and then I'd go to the gym and I'd go, go home. Usually I'd have to take my mom to the hospital for a chemo session. So this, this whole part of my life was, um, maybe the building block of my, um, how relentless I am today, because I always tell my wife dealing with three kids right now, um, with work is really nothing compared to what I had to deal with then. Um, and so, but make a long story short, I ended up going to the program, graduated ahead of my class, graduated a semester early because I think one summer I, I took like uh, 22 credits or something like that. 22. And, okay. And my mom actually <laughs> saw me graduate. Um, oh, wow. That's great. She saw me graduate. I don't, I think she had already passed away by the time I had to take my boards. Um, but yeah, she saw me graduate and then uh, I ended up passing my boards and yeah, so got my license. But that whole part, that whole, the whole two years, a year and a half of uh, going to school, working full time, mom in and out of the hospital, uh, that was definitely, uh, a part of my life that I use today that helped me to today. Because that it, could break someone. How did you get through? You don't. You really uh, don't know. I know it's a but, cliche question, but, but I'm really actually, curious. How did you get through it? My mom. There's a woman that's dealing with a uh, uh, life-threatening illness. Uh, you know, doctors didn't really know what to tell her anymore, and she would wake up with a smile on her face, um, not complaining. And I was with her. So, you know, the graphic things to see your mom having to deal with this, you know, from uh, having catheters on each side of her of her chest or her stomach, from uh, going through chemo, different types of chemos, going through radiation, losing hair. It, it was nonstop. And I remember just looking at her and she wasn't complaining. So if this woman is dealing with this and she's not complaining, how would I ever, you know, come out of my face to try to even feel a certain way or not decide to do something or, you know, I, she's the one that motivated me probably without even knowing it because mm-hmm. looking at her dealing with this and what she wasn't complaining. So it, for me, it was like, okay, so if she can do this, then I can do it as well. I can do what I'm dealing with. I can go to school. I can work. I can, you know, take her take her to the hospital whenever she needed to and, and <clears throat> be successful, be successful at it. Um, I think she deserved that. I, I mean, I think that she worked 
she worked uh, way too hard. So that's that's what drove me then. I mean, I had her in front of me, so I think seeing her is what drove me then. And today, um, that I, that aspect that she worked too hard to give. You know how our parents they work hard to give us what they gave oh, yeah. us. So for me, oh, yeah. one of my driving forces today is I will not be a failure. She worked too hard for me to fail, and that's that. That is, is your affirmation. Period. That's sensational. Sensational because that would drive in a lot of situations. I can definitely see how such a difficult circumstance could either make or break an individual, but you're certainly taken, unfortunately, with uh, because I can only understand she's no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace. But uh, definitely, that's a legacy that you carry with you. And uh, I'm pretty sure you're transmitting that uh, down to your own children. Of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did, I did end up falling at some point but uh um the it took it took a while uh i, I think I, after she passed i think i was still in i think i was in adrenaline for two months i was in in go mode um you know making sure you do everything that needed to be done um family my sister because it, it was uh, an avalanche of things and my sister was in haiti Mm-hmm. Um, during the hurricane, during the, the, what was it, the, the earthquake. Okay. And we, we had kind of lost contact with her. And my mom ended up passing away that February, February, right? First week. Oh boy. So it was very close and my sister was stuck over there. So it was, it was a lot to have to deal with around that time. But I think, um, probably about two months after she passed. I I hit my what what people call their rock bottom. I think that was when I hit my, my I, I got to that point where I was mentally drained, exhausted, physically done, with absolutely no taste for life whatsoever. What was the kind of self dialogue that was going on there? Um, actually, I seek help. Luckily, okay. I work federal government and you know they have all of these things and I and I went and I looked for help I looked for help and uh, I found a psychologist that I think I took like six sessions and um, and I I think it wasn't just the sessions I think at some point I made a decision I made a decision that okay I'm gonna get back up and I will not be a failure. <laughs> for me, it's just uh, things in life for me are very simple. Once you decide that you're going to do something, uh, once I decide that I'm going to do something, uh, it's done. Uh, I, like I said, I guess I wait for you guys to see it, but I'm going to make sure that it's going to get done. And I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure it gets done. Period. It's very simple. So and execute. Yeah, once I made the decision that, okay, um, to reiterate that she worked too hard, my mother worked too hard to give me all that she gave me, um, I will not fail her. She's wherever she is, she's going to be proud. And that's that. That, that's been a driving force for me to this day. And that continues to drive me through anything, really. Because you're so you the 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 energy that you give out in terms of self discipline, um, personal ethic, conviction is definitely something that's so genuine. It's definitely has to be something that comes from a very personal place because it's definitely a message that you keep promoting every single day through everything that you do, and something that's something that I totally respect. And I'm happy you touched on that in terms of you know how even we as men as caretakers, protectors, providers have to also admit our own moments of weakness and frailties. And I'm happy you brought that because um, that certainly resonated with me uh, not too long ago, maybe two or three years ago. I personally, I went through a personal breakdown myself and a lot. And unfortunately, it's funny we have to talk about this now since Anthony Bourdain passed in terms of like, you know, depression, mental health and anxiety. Why is it so hard for men to seek help? And, and, you know, just admit that, you know, you have to break down the mold of masculinity and understand that, you know what, you're allowed to be frail or you're allowed to, you know, break 
And why is it so shameful in your opinion? Because I believe that has a lot to do with it. I think it's because society just, it's the stigma that society brings where a man is supposed to be and supposed to be is supposed to be. Um, I think fortunately for me, you know, there are advantages to growing up with a single mother. I, I can, from, because there are certain things about me that's completely different because I was raised solely by a woman. Mm-hmm. It, it, it allows you to be able to be vulnerable at times. It allows you to be able to, uh, understand, even understand women. Um, it, there's a, there's a softness. You know, I remember trying to explain to my wife that I learned affection from my mom. And she was trying to say, no, for, you mean from other women? I was like, no, from my mom. And that's not something that she understands because she doesn't, she doesn't have that type of relationship the same way with her mom. Mm-hmm. That, that for me, I think, um, that one of the, it starts with my mom again, because she allowed me to be able to be vulnerable with her. She allowed me, you know, if I could, I could say anything to my mom, I could talk to her about anything then, or even today, like then, back then I could tell her, you know, you know, I started driving Haiti. I was 13 years old. If someone, I came home and someone told her that I was speeding, I didn't have to deny it. If something happened to me while I was out, I didn't have to, I, I, I was able and comfortable enough to go and say, Hey mom, uh, this is what happened. So for me, um, that, that idea of also, I think this, there's a security level too. There's a confidence level, there's a security level as to how you feel about yourself, your whole confidence in yourself as a man. I think that if you're confident in that sense as who you are, you don't feel a certain way or as vulnerable or weak if you cry when something happens or if you get emotional when something happens. Um, I think it's twofold. Um, from personally, I think for me, it was being raised by a woman. And secondly, is I don't, I don't live for people or society. I don't, if I feel like crying, I'm going to cry. And I really don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, and whatever you think is not, <clears throat> I'm not going to lose any sleep over what you, what you think because I cried. Let's say, uh, you know, my daughter had a graduation. If I decided to start crying over here, uh, you could, you know, think whatever you think. It's not going to, it's not, it doesn't make me less of a man. So I think the other side of it is, uh, is self-confidence and, and knowing who you are and not being afraid of that, you know, exposing that, that, that true, the, the true you, if I may say. Because we always try in our different relationships, we always try to be someone for this group of friends. We always try to be this person for this group of colleagues. We try to be someone for our boss. We try to be someone for our spouse. We try to be someone for our kids. And we're always all these masks, if you will, keep overlapping until we lose sight of genuinely who we are. How do we reconnect with that? I have, I have this is saying that I, that I quote a lot that says, um, if you travel far enough, you find yourself. And I'm a traveler, literally. So I, I've always questioned a few people and I told them, um, let's say, you know, fly you to, to Spain and you're in a club in Ibiza. Who are you? And I said, you're there. You don't know anybody. You know, no one knows you. You know no one. Who are you at that moment? What would you do at that club? And, you know, people are, you know, you see their eyes kind of kind of getting big. And, and I'm like, you see that person? That That's the true you, that you're afraid to be when you're wherever because you're scared that society's going to look at you or this friend's going to look at you or that person's going to look at you. I think there's such a... There's an amazing freedom about being able to be you. When you're able to be you without 
any regards to what anybody thinks about who you are, your actions, or what you do, it's, it's, I feel like you're so free. It's just, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's a liberating feeling. Because recently, me, I think more and more, I, I'm getting more and more to that stage where, like, for example, with the photography, mm-hmm. when I post a picture, you know, a photographer that can get technical if they want to. I, I welcome someone that tells me, oh, maybe you should have done this instead of that. But the way that I've done, I took the picture and I decided to post the picture. I, to me, there are no rules to my art. Um, you can like it, not like it, you know, feel like this should be that way, this should be that way. You can do that when you should. Mm-hmm. I, I really, what I do is what I do and I like it the way, if you see that it ends up like on my Instagram, for example, is because I like it this way. And, you know, I, I mean, I understand that everybody have their own opinion and I respect it. And, you know, we move on. Um, I, you know, being able to be yourself and, and I think in this world that's consistently trying to make you something else or someone else is like, it's an accomplishment. Because it's so true because we're always just, if you take just the example of like, you know, this plurality, this multitude of selfies, everybody's trying to like, you know, promote themselves and like post themselves or just like um, archives themselves for posterity. And at the very, very least, do you genuinely actually know this person or do you know the image that they project of themselves? Even I, as a photographer, I'm always asking myself that question on the gram. When you're scrolling, like, okay, if I connect with you, am I connecting with this promoted self of you, or is that actually the real you? Because a lot of people like to say, oh, yeah, that's me. Really? Is it really? Is it really? So are we in a sense of promoted of promoted self? But is that, is that something ever that you ask yourself, you know, about what you see, you know, on social media? Oh, I mean, because I think I'm very genuine with mine. I, I, I was talking about this with one of, to one of my friends the other day and, uh, because, um, you know, if you notice, I have two different accounts and mm-hmm. one of them is started my, it's more my modeling and my family, my regular life. The other one is my business and I really keep it more my business. And it was really very recent that I started to post pictures of myself more because it, there's this underlying talk of some photographers being creeps that I started to kind of hear and mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to show my face more. But I, one of the reasons why I didn't show my face more is because I don't want that to be as a thing. Uh, you, you know, the, oh, that's, that's the photographer because I do, I've been in the industry. I've been modeling for over 15 years. I still do. Um, so now I, I'm, I start to show a little bit more, but it still doesn't get mixed up with my regular life. But mm-hmm. um, I got uh, one of my coworkers that did it told me, uh, you know, Rich, when people actually see your page or some way somehow they find out, they're they're really surprised or they're really. And, and I was asking why it's because people are so, I guess they post things that are. You, to create, I guess, what you're talking about, to create this persona that they're not. And I, I think that that's too much work. I don't... Isn't it, though? Really? It's way, yes, I agree. It's way too much work. You know, when I meet a, a, a model, a potential model that I'm going to work with, or I start a conversation, my thing with them, or even when photographers, photographers ask me, a lot of what what kind of camera do you use? What kind of lens? What kind of flash? What kind of light? And I say, well, I didn't care. Say, well, the first thing is me. The first thing is how comfortable you are with this person, so that they can be themselves. Then we move on. This is for me the the, the first thing. I want you to be you. I tell them all the time. I'm not here. I need you to be able to be you. You're there. You're chilling. Like today I was shooting in Little Havana in the streets. I'm like, you're, I'm not here. You're there. You're chilling. You're waiting for something. You're something. doing your thing. And yeah. 
I, I want you to be in your natural environment. And actually this whole selfie situation, it, it becomes an issue because so many of them are used to seeing what they look like with the selfie. Mm-hmm. So now when they don't have that mirror image, they're completely confused <laughs> because now you, you're taking their picture, but they can't see what they look like. So it actually becomes a problem. That okay. Because you think about this, when you're trying to portray this or you have this particular look that you do, you see it because you're able to see on the screen what you're taking. And so I've had to do a shoot with this girl and this woman and she literally, I had to like set up a mirror almost behind me so she could kind of see herself. Oh, wow. That's how bad this selfie uh, epidemic is. It's like we don't even go to a destination to see the destination. Is this, is this, is this, uh, selfie material? Is this selfie worthy? You know? Yeah, it's crazy. But it's definitely something that, if we're just going to stick on photography, but it's definitely something that has, um, made its mark because what I love about your photography, because it's so vibrant with, uh, with color, uh, with genuine vibrance and it's just got a personality to it you know and is that something that you know you've always enjoyed is that did, did it go from modeling and then you transitioned into photography because i'm really curious as to how that went about how did that chapter open up for you um you know i've always had a camera i've always had a camera i've always had my camera for for years i just never never really thought about it as actual natural business um there's always something that I've done that I like doing and, um, very recent, maybe two years, barely two years that it actually started and I decided, okay, let's see what, what this can do. Um, but even at the base of that, I, I pride myself as an individual that wants to make a difference in someone's life, whether I spent five minutes with you, two hours, the rest of your life. So I've done the making people feel better through massage. I do it all the time through conversation or listening to someone talk. And I think I still do it through photography. Um, yes, you do. Because I, I hear it all the time from some of my clients that either no one has taken their picture for it to look like that or um, how do you do this or Oh my God, is this me? This is the thing that I hear all the time. Is this me? I'm like, yeah, it's you. What did you do? Nothing. I took a picture of you. It's just, and, but at the base of that is really for the person to be comfortable. When the person is comfortable and they're able to be themselves and you, you, you get in the zone and they're in that zone with you where the vibes, there's some vibes flowing. For me, once you get in that zone, uh, yeah, pictures are going to come out and the vibrance, the expressions um, is is going to say something to you. I, I want to I, I get to a point where you're able to see a picture and know where it came from, who it came from. So, um, so you're you know, still working on that? <laughs> yes, I think I'm still working. I'm nowhere, nowhere near where I want to be with this photography. Nowhere near. Um, it's, it's definitely uh, a work in progress. I, I yeah. I'm nowhere near where I'm trying to go. Well, it's nice that you're humble, but, you know, just going out in line, not just as a friend, but also as a photo enthusiast as well. I, you can definitely know, if, you know from this humble soul's perspective that you're doing some extraordinary work. You know, it's not just, I'm just not saying it. I'm just saying it's both as a fan and critically speaking, you're definitely doing some incredible work. So just reassured that you're on the right path, but I don't need to tell you that that's your thing on your own journey. But, but it's true. It's true. It's definitely true. But with this drive of excellence with that you're on and this message of never uh, accepting mediocrity, um, how do you deal? And this is something that I wrestle with as an individual, as a parent, as a colleague. I have a problem with half-assery, you know? And I'm very forgiving on myself. Oh, no, I'm sorry, unforgiving on myself. Though, so that's why, you know, sometimes I'm very harsh. And I take that into a lot of environments in terms of like, okay, can we do better? How can we always do better? And sometimes I'm looking at 
this generation, yes, I'm dating myself, this generation of, okay, the least effort is okay. You know, it's okay to just like, you know, just do the basics. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I'm not sure how, because I hear a lot of striving for excellence coming from your part. So how do you deal with, you know, just plain old basic effort into the process? Because excellence or the path of success, you do need commitment. How do you wrestle with that? Um, I mean, you only have to wrestle with that if you're working with others or dealing with others. Um personally working on like my craft like th this is for example why i would choose to for example if i kind of use still use the photography as an example this is why i may stick to working with one particular person because there's some people that you know i'd be working with and i and it's raining and i say it's raining but we could get an amazing shot there Anybody that I've worked with once, if I say, hey, go over there and sit over there, the idea that may appear stupid to any other person, they're at that point where they trust you and they just go. Um, but as far as the dealing with that, I mean, it's, um, that's a, that's a, just a, a tough battle. Um, and probably one of the reasons why I, I, I work alone. Um, mm -hmm. you know, not only because it's th that comfort level that I've worked, I don't want to mess it up with having an assistant because believe me, it makes a difference. Uh -huh. you, know, you know, people think that. And the second part of that is not everybody has that drive. They just, they just don't. And I think in order for you to, you know, me, I don't, I understand that, okay, you don't have the drive. I don't let it get to me, except if I have to work with you and I'll work with you one time, then I'm, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to put okay. myself through that. I, okay. I, the more and more, the more I grow, the more I stop letting other people's energy or other people's mediocrity or other people's lack of um, enthusiasm affect me. In what I'm doing because I always tell myself with or without you I'm gonna get through where I'm going regardless but you know it says on our flag so let's say like I do these things like I've done a shoot where I have you know two makeup artists uh, 10 models a chef uh, you know someone there to do videography someone there to do uh, you know a stylist when everybody's in sync and determined, they have that same drive. Because they've seen me. I've shot for 12 hours straight. And when I'm in that zone, like I don't eat, <laughs> I'm just going. And they see there's over here while I'm on set trying to put food in my mouth. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine. And when you have that team, when you find people that are understand what you're doing and they're, they're just behind you 100%, they're, 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 they're gonna see it. They're, they're gonna try to be at your speed as much as they can. And I, I've, I've had a team. I have a team that, that does that when I need to do these shoots. But otherwise, um, I really try not to let it affect me. If, if. That's okay. Okay. Because, because I, I wrestle a lot. I wrestle a lot with that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, because I mean, if you're in a job where you have to work with people, I think that it makes it tougher um, because you don't have a choice and you have to find a way to cope or find a way to deal or find a way to uh, motivate or push. And um, because it's, at the end of the day, it's a personal thing. Okay. Thing. I mean, I have, you know, I think it's a personal thing. How do we stay motivated in those periods where you know, we are unfortunately burdened down by the noise and the toxicity and, you know, the negative self-talk or the negative outward talk as well. And you just want to plow through and you just do get exhausted. Some people say, um, take, take a break, disconnect, step away. Some people say, keep pushing, you know, and it's never an easy answer, you know. How, when we feel like, okay, is this really the right idea? Is this really the right effort? 
or should I really take this risk? You know, how do we know whether to let go or to keep going? Uh, I think I think the first answer to that lies within you. Um, I don't ever think you'll find out how if you stop until you continue to pursue whatever goal it is that you have. Um, you personally, for me, I just like even with the the, the, the photography or the modeling. I, I think there's been a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, I I strive in just continuing to to battle it, it if you need to take a break i think it's a tough question to answer because um i think everybody sees it differently and deals with it differently um personally uh i once i decide to do something i just don't let up i have my moments um where I start to maybe question my methods, but not my goal. Mm-hmm. I may question, you know, the path that I'm taking. Um, but if I decided to on a certain goal, uh, like when I decided that I was going to graduate before my mom passed, I made that decision. and That was the conscious decision. That, that was the, that's the decision at the top. And I'm not a big planner, um, which is opposite to my wife. I don't plan heavily because all my life I've been getting hit with adversity. So I'm more of a, not a chameleon, but I, I deal with a lot of things. I, I, I go with at, at my pace. But I, I'm always ready to deal with whatever is coming my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, how, ba- how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it dictates whether you let go or you move on and you push. To uh, me, those things are, are very personal. Like, I, you know, I... I because of the modeling I stay, I love, I love working out. I love staying fit. And when I felt like my body was changing because I wasn't as active, even though I was in the like five hour sleep schedule, mm-hmm. I, I slept one hour less so that okay. I work out every day. And so you make it happen. Period. There's no, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> you make a decision, you find out what, if you don't know how to make it happen, it's way too, in this day and age, if you need to know how to do something, <laughs> like we're just talking about, YouTube is there, there's plenty of teachers, that's, it's free. I, it's free. So, it's just about making a decision and, making it happen and being consistent with it every single day until you get to that point. It's, it's really simple. It's really not complicated. I don't know why people try to complicate things. Certain, those things, when it comes to you achieving a goal or you wanting to make something happen. Could it be there's a lot of overthinking going on in there? Because they often say that overthinking is the art of uh, introducing problems that were never there. <laughs> Definitely, I I agree. A lot of overthinking. I try. I, I keep things simple. Even with photography, I keep things simple. I I I'm always very simple about. I, I keep my life as simple as possible. Um, I, I guess that's my way of. I, I'm not an overthinker. Um, I definitely try to keep things very simple. Uh. You know, you want, to do, you want to do photography, you don't know where to start, what to use. You know, you go on Google, you go on YouTube. You know, people ask me, what did I learn? Ah, oh, YouTube. Whatever you need, you learn. And then once you find YouTube. out what you got to do, you start doing it. You learn, you read, you stay consistent. If you need to draw a solid plan, then you do that. 
and you stay consistent until you get there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't complicate my life a lot at all. And I think the more I'm growing, the more I, I don't let certain things from this outside world get in my, my own personal, uh, bubble, if you want, or my own personal aura. <laughs> So it's all it's often hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of toxicity going around, a lot of noise, you know, and sometimes like, you know, just open up if you just listen to the radio or just like, you know, just looking at news so for some reason as if like you're just trying to promote all the bad stuff going around when there's so much beauty going around, starting off with the simple things, you know, because you and I are definitely part of the same mold. I try to just keep things simple. You know, something I talk I talk a lot about my kids because they're the main priority in my life right now. I just look for joy and happiness in the simple things. Is my wife happy? Am I good, being a good husband to my wife? Am I being a good father to my kids? You know, those are two separate chapters and two different types of hats I have to wear. But as long as I keep things simple, you know, you just, you can't, you can't miss. You, you just, if you keep it simple, that's what I'm hearing from you right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And, you know, I wear those hats as well. Uh, uh, I just I posted something to say that uh, on my Instagram, my kids going to my my daughter's graduation about you know how certain things you know the most precious precious things in life are just are priceless, and I'm actually sending a message because I feel like in this day and age everything else is important. You know what you drive, what kind of this you're wearing, and what kind of that, but. You know, when I come home or I'm looking at my kids and they're, like you say, they're happy and every year, you know, that is priceless. It's priceless. My daughter was just asking me, why? I thought you said you were not working today. <laughs> She's five. Oh, they're so alert. They are so alert. So when I was leaving for the shoot, I thought you said you weren't working today. I said, well, I'm not going to work. I'm, I'm just going to do this shoot. And she goes, Okay, uh, when are you coming back? But she knows the difference. She knows the difference. Because when I'm going to my regular job, she'll tell me, why, why don't you come and work in the office on a computer instead? <laughs> she knows. They're aware. They're so aware. They're so aware. Um, but on that topic, and again, if this is a, if this is too much of a, of a, of a hard question, feel free to just step aside. We're totally fine because this is a safe space. Um, unfortunately, you also, you also lost your father at a very early age. Yes. So now that you have children that you and your wife are doing terrific job raising, and that has to be already a very cruel absence. And it's just, you know, from one father to another, you know, because I, you know, I, I tell my wife all the time, you know, I, uh, my father is definitely like, you know, the greatest example. And I can only hope to be as good of a father as he is. And of course, adjust my parenting to my reality because these are my kids, you know, and I have to give them the best of me. But you, we, I knew your father and I totally, I, I, I do miss him. And, but with that absence, because he's been gone such a long time, what legacy as in like, okay, what are you, you know, you know, taking from to be able to, what are you, what are you getting you know, I'm, I guess I'm trying to say, like, since you didn't have that 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 fatherhood presence, yeah. so how hard was it, you know, to bring that into your own parenting and give that to your own kids? I'm sorry if I didn't, uh, if I really messed up the question there. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I get it. Um, there's a couple of ways. To, where do I even start with this question? Well, first, the first thing I right, let me start from at the beginning. Um, yeah, he passed away early and. But this guy had a he had a legacy that I knew at a very young age already. So you know my dad, and you know your your mother's one of my dad's best friends. This guy had some kind of presence, and 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 you know, I hear it today. Um, I you know I've spoken to doctors that tell me, you know, whatever your dad did, I do. I, I don't care. I don't ask any questions. If he did it, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I've heard countless times about how great he was, how good of a doctor he was. I had people that cried when they met me. Um, and at some point as a kid, 
I just wanted to be him. Like, I remember my mom taking me to see a psychologist as a kid so that I can separate my dad and me. So he already had that effect, that effect of um, being great. He was, there's this, this thing that he carried. And, and I definitely, I as a kid, as a little boy, I watched him and I saw how people reacted to him. And it, it continued long after he passed away. So he already gave me that. I just had to understand. I had to stop measuring because I think at some point in my life I was, I was thinking that I don't think I can measure up to him until I started to understand that you can't live your life by somebody else's standards and their life. You know, I, I started to understand that and I moved away from that fact, but the beginning of it is that he already did something for me, even though I didn't have him to do the little things, but he already did the, I knew he was great. I knew he was great at what he did. I knew he left something. I know he made an impression on people. I know he, I knew he made a lot of good. I knew the tech stuff that he did. And I knew that he was a pioneer in Haiti. And that was already enough to drive me as a man. Um, the second part of that is, you know, like I said before, I had a mother that was just incredible, that was a mother and a father for me. I remember calling into an interview where they were asking me, uh, do I think that mothers should be, mothers that are single should be celebrated on Father's Day as well? And there were a lot of guys calling and saying, can we just have something that's just us? And, and I had to call with a completely different, point of view because I, I I from my point of view yes my mom could be celebrated as a father because she taught me how to be a man so the first part is that my dad gave me that legacy even though he passed so early the second part is my education from my mom what she did she she taught me how to be a man um and the last part of that today uh fortunately for me I inherited Oh, mother and father. I have my in-laws. And this guy, um, my father-in-law, he's a, he's an incredible, uh, example of hard work pays off. He's a model of consistency, discipline, and results. Like, <laughs> It, 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 he just doesn't sway. It, it, he just, Consistency, discipline, and results. Period. Plan, follow the plan, be consistent, and then success. And, you know, so now when I look at this guy, really literally can tell you, you know, how much he paid for diapers for his daughter in November of 1984. He can tell you the exact figure, how much diapers cost him at that time. That's how discipline we're talking about. <laughs> so I have... Laser pointed. Yes, I have an amazing, amazing example in front of me right now uh, that I inherited. And, um, but on the other side, when it comes to, like, for example, my kids or even my son, because this is... It, it hits home. I'm... Growing with my son, I'm 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 a kid. Um, I'm a kid with him. I'm like a little boy with him. I'm his father, but I'm a little boy with him. That's reliving things that I never got to live with my dad. It's you know in psychology you see they talk about the child in you. So the child in me is completely a little boy. It's a lot of times when I'm with my son, even though I'm his father, but you switch to that mode and you're doing things with your son right now that, you know, all the time really get to do. And, and I'm living through him and he has absolutely no idea, but I'm, I'm living a lot of the stuff that I didn't get or maybe, you know, through him. So, um, it's, um, that having actually, well, it's midnight. It's actually my son's birthday. Oh. 
Hey, happy birthday, little man. <laughs> How old is he now? Two. Can you imagine that the one thing that I miss, wow. I, miss I miss his delivery. You miss his delivery. Okay. The one thing that would make me miss it actually happened. My sister was getting married. <laughs> oh. So, basically, you know what? that Saturday, my sister was getting married. So, basically, what happened, he was born maybe around, uh, I think, 2 in the morning, 1.30. Okay. So, I saw, I, I was on FaceTime right after, right after uh, the wedding, uh, a little bit around 1.30 in the morning or so. From the wedding, I went straight to the airport, from the airport straight to the hospital. Straight down. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure your wife understood. And I, I know how that can be very a, a type of decision that could tear you apart. But I understand. I, I know for a fact your relationship with your sister is a very dear and precious one. So I can only understand, you know, how that would happen. But yeah, but wow. Okay. Two years old already, man. Okay. My son's two. He turned two in, uh, is in January. Uh, not that not that far off, man. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Cool. Wow. But that's a very precious thing because... I understand about the young child in you. And um, it's so important, again, going back to what you were saying in terms of remembering and reconnecting with who we are, not just in the now, because as you said, we're always evolving, but we're always, you know, there's always a child inside of us. And I thank you for telling me that and reminding me that because you're definitely echoing something my wife tells me all the time because I have a very nasty habit. Sometimes I'm like maybe, you know, too much of a like, you know, straight and narrow. Okay. Some people will call it square. And sometimes I forget to laugh. You know, sometimes I forget because, you know, I get so bogged down with so much stuff going on in our heads, you know, as a father should. And, you know, you're just thinking like way too far down the road. <laughs> and you're just like, listen, your kids are playing in the dirt. Let them play in the dirt. You know what? I mean, look at where look at where we came from. I tell my wife all the time, like you know, let them let them play. Like look at where we came from. I mean, remember what we used to play? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Humility is a very very uh, thoughtful teacher. So when I see my kids, like you know, just getting all hung up about stuff, or my wife getting all hung up, or even myself, I'm like, you know what? Take two seconds. Take two seconds. You flip the switch, the lights come on. You know what? <laughs> they've got yeah. they've got running water, man. So be grateful. You no, know, the laughing thing. Um, laughing is is one of the greatest uh, things that you people don't don't realize how important it is. Just like people don't realize how stress is a powerful killer. Uh, you have no idea. You know, one of the things that I did with my mom consistently throughout. Uh, her illness was make her laugh. Like I made her laugh morning, day, and night, nonstop. I just, you know, there was never something that would make us be, you know, I would make her laugh. You know, when I got home at six in the morning, I would wake her up and make her laugh. Like I made her laugh the whole every chance I got. Because, you know, and I'm so in touch with this um, life is short situation with this you're not promised tomorrow situation that to be today is a gift. Yeah. You know, many people don't don't understand. I mean, for, even for me at home, I think my wife had to try to it's hard for her to put herself in my mindset. And how I live when it comes to certain things, because I live my life as if, you know, I, there's nothing that says that I'm coming back. I don't leave without telling my kids I love them or my wife or without kissing them or because you just don't know. And that's the reality for me. It's out of your hands. You just don't. I've lost. You just don't. So this is a reality for me. In turn, that same reality drives me and it makes me live. I live and, you know, to be happy and to make people smile. And, you know, I, that's why for me, I think that I was put here to motivate people. I think I was put here to uh, make people see what they don't see about themselves a lot of times. Uh, you know, the good, really. But a lot of them, I'm seeing this 
I'm sure because I'm get I'm very I'm very in tune with energy, and um, I hear what you're saying. I just see that there's a lot of consciousness going on right now about you know living your own personal truth. You know, just turning off the negative self talk and trying to live your best life. But a lot of people say that, but don't really understand that it, first of all, going back to what you said, starts with a choice. And the second volley to that is a fact that it's a frightening one to understand that your happiness starts from within and your happiness takes work. So judging from your own formula, do you have, you know, any particular routines i know you've always been this way and definitely like you know everything exercised over a very sustained amount of time just becomes a habit so you're naturally like this now but it's a it's a habit you know you have to form you have to be mindful of and how do you would you recommend people get in touch with that in terms of consciously deciding on their happiness uh well i i I, to to focus on your happiness and um, making sure that you, I think you got to get to know who you are. You got to get to know who you are. You got to, that takes time for people. It takes, it takes some effort. It takes some, you got to get to really know who you are. A lot of people don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about that earlier. When you're lost in being this person for, your job, being this person for your boyfriend, being this person for your kids, being this person for, you know, you, you get completely lost and you you don't know who you are. So I think it starts with knowing who you are, loving yourself, finding out who you are and loving that person. And if there are changes that you need to make to love that person even more, then that's when you, that's where you start to me. Um, once you get to that point of okay, no, I know who I am, um, and and I love who I am, or I love the process in which I'm 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 in right now, the space that I'm in to get myself into a better place. Um, then I think it's much easier. But when you don't know who you are, or you're not in touch with who you are, I don't think you can really get anywhere. Um, we can forget about starting to talk about, uh, you know, loving yourself and staying focused and, and, and the positive energy. I, I think it starts with getting to know you, getting to know you and then loving you. And if you don't love the you that you see that you are, the, the, the true you, then you start doing what you need to do to adjust that until you get to that point where, okay. I'm I'm getting to that point and and move on that way. I think that's that's the key. The first step, the first step to that is getting to know who you are mm-hmm. and acceptance. Because maybe you might not. If I'm going back to what you were saying, is like you might not. You might take inventory of who that person is, and maybe just maybe you might come across the fact that maybe you're not happy with what you're seeing. Well, you but, may not be, but but if you're true about it. If you're true to yourself, because you can lie to everybody else, you can't lie to yourself. Or if you choose to lie to yourself, then you, you'll never get to that point. Um, you may not like what you see. At that point, you do what you have to do about it to change it, to adjust it, to make it better. Um, you know, we're not, we're human beings. None of us are perfect. We come with, you know, flaws and things that we, we don't do. Uh, uh, like we would like to, or, and it's, it's first step is to recognize that, okay, there's this thing that I don't like about me and I'm going to do what I need to do to fix it or make it better. And, and, and understand that it's a process and no okay. one can tell you, you know, how long your process is going to take as long as you know that daily or whatever, you know, you're doing, you're taking the necessary steps to, uh, better that whatever that category is it, it, understand it's a process okay so you need to respect the journey and the time it's going to take because your chapter is probably not somebody else's chapter you yeah. need to be patient and accepting of that 
I think that's the most important thing. You need to make sure because, you know, we would often get pressured by X, Y, and Z. And be it, you know, you and I are married, be it our wives or whoever. And, you know, you can't, you can't pressure. Uh, as long as I'm, I'm doing, I'm in my process and I'm doing what I'm, what I need to do for me to get better. You can't allow people to just, can they support you? Yes. Pressure you? Um, no. I, you know, you're, you're every, we, we all have our own mountains. We all have our own way of, of, of building and, and, and getting better and dealing with things. So I think support is great, but pressure, pressure start adding stress and then uh, yeah we start getting issues i don't need i don't need the added stress i can <laughs> i can use collaboration but yeah. uh i don't need condescension there you go yeah damn wow got a lot of wisdom coming up tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh man rich i know it's late um but we could go on this for like forever and ever but uh, i do have to respect you of course your time and precious uh, generosity uh, for a wonderful evening of conversation. I really appreciate it. Um, as I always like to ask my guests before I leave you, um, would you have, again, the floor is yours. Would you have any form of, you know, a positive note? A, Cause I know you're just like flooring everybody on Instagram, but just for the sake of our wonderful little corner of the internet, would you have any, you know, positive notes or uh, just a daily routine or just a simple message that you'd like to leave the listeners with on their journey? Hmm. Um, wow. There's still a lot that comes to mind, but um, I would say for people to be who they are without any questions, without any regards, um, there's just such a freedom and liberty that comes from being you. Just be you. Be you. Like I said, I keep it simple. So it's very simple. It's very simple. I didn't expect anything less. <laughs> Man, and definitely something we're going to take to heart. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in on this uh, other episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. My guest, Richard Lecoin, he is Richard Lecoin Photography on Instagram. Don't worry, all the links will be available on the blog post for this episode once this episode goes live. Please do follow him and give him a shout out. Show some love. Go check out his magnificent photography. Yes, I use the word without abusing it because it's definitely worth it. And right up there with uh, all the inspiration and positivity that we all need and encouragement. Uh, Richard, again, I can't thank you enough uh, for your time and availability. And of course, this precious wisdom, because this was definitely a heartwarming uh, connection, you know, reconnecting with a friend and definitely uh, something that was very revealing, you know, because... Uh, there was a lot of good energy tonight and I really, really want to appreciate uh, and acknowledge you for that. And I really want to thank you for your, for your, for your generosity and, uh, and wisdom because it's uh, very precious right now. Oh, definitely a pleasure. I think that, um, that was great. We will, I think we'll, we'll do that again. Definitely. <laughs> Don't worry about it. As, uh, as always, again, the floor is yours again. Open invitation anytime you want. Anytime we can keep the calendars in sync, we'll definitely make it happen at a later date. Not a problem. Wow. <laughs> Keep it locked in, my man. Have yourself a great evening. All right, take care.